This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Hello, and welcome to Dungeon Damsels, a Sorority of Madness. This is Tiffany, your Dungeon Master. I invite you to relax wherever you may be and step into our world of adventure, mystery, and romance on the continent of Iron Air. We appreciate your support, and if you have enjoyed our show... We invite you to like, subscribe, follow, and post a comment. All of these actions can help other listeners find us. Now, without further waiting, Dungeon Damsels. All right, welcome to Dungeon Damsels, everyone. Oh yeah. We did it. Quarantine edition number three. Volume three. Okay, so we're gonna get started with our spotlight. Michael has a cool, awesome co-worker. Sure, yeah. Who does freelance. Yeah, I have my uh, buddy Gus. Uh, he go, uh, His site is goosegutierrez.com. Uh, He's got a Twitter under GoGo... Oh, Go Goose Go. Yeah, he goes... Everywhere online he goes by Goose. Yeah, Go Goose Go. Both but, Twitter and Instagram, Go Goose. <clears throat> no, yeah. wait. Instagram is Go Go Goose, and then Twitter he's Go Goose Go. Yeah, we'll we'll post we'll, we'll post it in the. Um... Yeah, we'll post some of his art. It's really fun and cute. Just yeah. some animation, also cute. You yeah, know, it's really cartoony and lively. I like it. Yeah, he's a very talented artist, very talented animator, and just. We want to throw a little love his way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, last Good. time. Oh, you want to say anything else? Uh, no, he just does awesome video game art. Yeah. Alright, so the last time you guys got to the city of Toril, you successfully parked the cart, you uh, transferred Vierick to Mara's Closet, which is her shop. That's her shop name. Mara's Closet. Uh huh, that's her shop name. We put him back in the closet? That's terrible. You just shoved him in the closet. (sighs) Poor soul. And then, let's see, the, um, <clears throat> you guys did, um, basically did kind of a meet and greet with Mara, had exchanged the goods, and then, um, she suggested that you guys go to the inn, and you guys went to the inn, uh, we didn't discuss parking the horses, or housing Xenia, so I'm just gonna say you guys did that because I don't think you guys would forget about your horse or your grandma. I would have wanted to. <laughs> grandma. So, um, we will just get started. Let me find my. So, you guys go to um, your rooms, get a restful night's sleep. After a long, tiring journey, it's very nice to sleep in a bed. Uh, the beds are... you. Everything is basically made of stone. It's really unusual to see any sort of wood that you do see occasionally. Um, but everything is pretty much carved out of stone or made from um, uh, like a metal framework. Um, 
jelly, you don't know why, but you don't really like the middle. So you just... It's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm gonna sleep on the floor. Uh, well, Aww. there's also like a stone um, bed frame that you... So you just choose one of the stone ones. Um, beds are, are have mattresses that are you know stuffed with something fluffy, probably feathers. And um, you wake up the next morning, though you think it's morning, but you can't really tell because you're in a cave. <laughs> but um, the lights outside... Um, and inside, everything is lit up by basically these gas lamps that go along um, the wall in kind of this central gas system. And um, last night the lights were red, but now they're kind of like this um, bluish green. The modest inn that you roomed at has um, metal and stone furnishings. Do you guys want to do anything before you go down the stairs? Hmm. Um, Kiyasi, she, she wants, she's trying to try, she's going to want to try to return the sword that she found in that cave, so I have to look at my notes again to remember who it was, but she kind of wants to look at a map to figure out where it would be. Uh, okay, so do you, you can, uh, there isn't really a map of Toril in the inn, but, um, you Summer. can, you can ask around for... Just look at your mini-map. Yeah, just look at your mini-map. Yeah, just roll up the mini-map and be right. <laughs> but you figure that you can probably ask the innkeeper or one of his many, or one of her many children about um, the Aha clan and where they reside. Sounds good. So I guess, um, you know, cleaning, bathing, getting dressed, doing my hair, we're all done now so we can go downstairs. Okay, um, so you guys go downstairs. You anticipated a little bit of a quiet morning, but you hear um, basically a lot of voices that are boisterous and loud. Um, there we go. A lot of people are downstairs in the tavern, drinking and making merry. And hang on, I'm back back to my. It's eight in the morning. Out of here. Let's see. Uh, you look around, everyone, all the tables are basically filled. The people who have come in are um, armed and dirtied and bloodied, but everyone's acting like this is a perfectly normal thing to be happening. The barkeep is very busy keeping him, keeping the drinks aflowing. At the foot of the stairs, one of the innkeeper's children comes up. And he says to the group, Ah, good morning. I'm Kebra, the innkeeper's son. We stabled your horses, like you asked. Would you like us to keep them there, or are you planning to tarry in the city a bit? Um, well, I guess we have to leave the horse there for a while, then, yeah? Yeah, we could stable them, yeah. So then we'll have to hold on to them for a little while, if you, if you would hold on for a little while more. Yeah, I, uh, do you want me to just add it to your tab at the end? Uh, well, yes, I believe we can cover a tab. I think we all just got paid loads of money last time. So, yeah, let's do it. Okay, okay. Um, uh, we'll stable them, and then uh, when you leave, we'll talk about prices then. Do, uh, Sounds great. Thank you so much for your help. Of course. Let me know if you need anything. Oh, well, before you go, um, I have a question. I've heard about this, this family. They're very well connected. Can you tell me where I might find uh, the, where the AHA clan lives in the city? 
Um, you mean the Beha clan? Beha. Yeah. Yeah, they're um. Let me look at my map. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh. If you go over to the sand pit, that's in the center of the city, you'll find a very big mansion there. That's um. It's um. Well, it looks like the rest of it. It's just kind of big. Um. But uh, there should be. Well, you know, things are labeled pretty well in the city, so you should be able to find Ahar Clan. Just go to the central part of the city, um, follow the signs to the sand pit, um, and then around the uh, south uh, eastern side, you should find the her mansion over there. Alright, so um, I'm not sure, Tiffany, if you broke up during a, a lot of it, but I heard something about a sand pit okay. in the center of town. Okay, so at the center of town, there is the sand pit, ah. and um, he said that there's to follow the signs to the sand pit, and that the mansion of the Eha clan is <clears throat> to directly to the southeast of the sand pit. So if you find the sand pit, you'll be able to find her house. Got it. I see. Thank you very much for your help. Yes, of course. <clears throat> I guess there are all kinds of side steps or rowdiness going on here. So, what do we want to do? I mean, I believe there's a, there's a lot of things that we have to do in the town, right, guys? Yes, I believe there are a few things. Uh, I'm not sure if someone would like to come with me to try it every time before. I I worry that it might be a bit troublesome to do so. I can do that. Yeah, I can come with too. Yeah? Oh, thank you. Um, are you sure you don't want to stop by, say, I don't know, any message stand? Oh, that, I, I got my message. Okay. Got it done? Okay. Yes. Okay, so you guys, um, amongst, while you're in there, um, you notice that um, something orange catches your eyes, um, which stands out, but um, there was a group of people in your way, but you see this um, sitting in the corner, drinking brandy and watching the crowd. He's easy to spot as he has a large build and is probably eight feet tall. What? His orange skin and then long fluffy wings, sort of like a moth. What? what? And, uh... Mothman is real and he's thirsty. And four arms. He looks kind of extra, but the four sharp cutlasses at his side make you double-think that. He does seem to be looking at Adlana with a keen interest. Oh. Does anyone else here have four arms? Nope. Did the other people seem to notice that this guy has four arms? Yeah, there are people talking to him, like, and acting like this is a normal thing. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, so, eight foot tall. Yes. Four arms. Yes. Orange, orange skin? Mothman. Yes. Yes, orange skin. So he has skin, and then, like, up around his neck, he kind of has, like, um, this, it kind of looks like a fluffy collar that, um, comes down from the hair on his head, and he has, um... Um, like, kind of like these antennae, like, 
fluffy antennae coming out of him. You know, like, he, he looks like a moth mixed with a demon. I'm gonna lean into <laughs> Tarina and be like, do you, do you know him? He looks kind of like Boink. <laughs> They're both orange. Does he have an insect face? Uh, no. I'm imagining an insect face. No, his eyes are, um, they're very big, and then, like, they're just completely black. Um, and so he has, like, two really big ones, and then, um, two smaller ones underneath them, so he has a set of four eyes. But he does look, yeah, there is a humanoid quality to him. Uh, he has, like, kind of like a normal mouth. You know, with lips. Did Nicole hear me at all or no? I think this guy might be a tiefling. Oh. Can I can I roll to see if I know what kind of a Yeah, roll roll for it. Roll for it. Just roll! What is yeah. this guy? <laughs> huh. Uh just roll. Um, let me think. You can roll an intelligence, I guess, because you're trying yeah, to recognize history. history or intelligence I'm fine with. Like, you're educated. You'd... Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm educated. Uh, that's a that are currently known to inhabit the, the continent. And there was a subsection where it talked about demons and how there is an offshoot between demons and devils. And demons have leathery bat wings and horns and then devils have a more like moth like fuzzy sort yeah. of oh, yeah. that's just how I flavored it. So he's a devil. Are there as nice as Mothra? Um you don't know. They um from what you read you know that they tend to be a little more civil than their bloodthirsty cousins the devil the demons. So, is he good? Do we, what do we do with him? Do we touch him? <laughs> Don't touch him. I uh, believe... Ask it politely, we'll let you touch him. But don't just walk up to him and ask. I think Adlana would just go over and talk to him. Around. No! 
I think I think I think that's what would happen. Okay, sure. Do we just grab her and hold her back? Yeah, and I just be like, let's keep walking. <laughs> okay, okay, um so make we're gonna we'll do dex. We'll do um, dex checks. Am I rolling to basically grapple him? Grapple her. You're you're rolling to grab her arm before she gets out of your range. Maybe she can roll really bad. Turning twenty. Okay, yeah. So you 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 like whoosh, you you just whip your hand out and grab her arm and are like no, no. Very practiced move. Like whisper glaring buddy system as we walk out the door. Buddy system, buddy yes. system. Just like I wait. He looks friendly. We are not going to know until we ask. Besides. I have certain health needs that he might be able to help with. Yeah, but you need clarity. That's not necessarily a good thing. Other people are talking to him and just interacting with him, so I don't think he's inherently hostile. He, yeah, he might be nice. He might be chill at least right now. So, um, you guys have been sitting, standing around talking. He's been watching you guys. I'm gonna go talk to him. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I grab Luna's arm and I'm like, buddy system. <laughs> and I like lean into Luna. I'm like, we're doing this right. This is the buddy system. We just have to yeah. make sure we're always have buddies. To not be alone so that when something happens to you, you're stuck by yourself or nobody knows what happened to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least if we die, we both know what happened. Please don't die. Um, hello, greetings and salutations. Okay, so you, you, uh, whittle, <laughs> kind of shuffle around through the crowd. Excuse me. Pardon me. Um, through a bunch of really buff drow wow. women. I'm really Ooh. tall. I'm a lot taller, so I kind of do the uh, escorting her around. Uh-huh. <laughs> I grab your arm and then you escort me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you uh, go to his table where he's drinking his brandy, and yeah, you say salutations. Yeah, I'm waving excitedly. Hi. God, I have to get a grip with this as a DM. I'm like, <laughs> I'm excited, but also trying to hide the dread within me because we fought demons before. And he looks kind of demon-ish. Yeah, he's kind of weirdly adorable, but all, like, low-key. Um, so, sips his brandy, puts it down on the table. Hang on, let me... Well, that's not a response I get often. Um, we're wondering if you're nice. Why am I expecting him to say howdy? He breaks into a southern girl. I'm a moth man. <laughs> well, that all depends on what you have to offer me, and what, and where our mutual interests align. Um. He points to Atlanta. 
Do you? Is that the companion of yours? Yeah, do you like her? I should say I would find her interesting. There is something familiar of that. I can take it. <laughs> take it. There is something familiar about her. And she can either be brought to me or I can bring myself to her. Um, I mean, we can ask her. And I, like, what do you, what do you want with her? Probably nothing more than a simple chat. Um, he just gets up from his chair and, and looms over you guys. Then, in a quiet and, like, effortless motion, he claps all four of his hands. And then everyone just... Like Okay, does he clap them, like, lines two of them up, or does he, like, clap them all into a single spot? So he, um, so he claps two, two sets of claps. So, like, his upper set of hands clap, and then his lower set of hands clap. Okay. And so then everyone stops, and, um, there's, like, a, a distinct sense that he is the boss of this particular group. And he <clears throat> goes over to Adlana and says, and um, he's going to do a really, okay, hang on. I keep switching between documents. Okay. Ah, yes. Takes a deep breath of sn sniff. You're Arya cards, little pet, aren't you? We always had a fondness for mortals that we could not quite fathom. And this is why I wanted Jackie to be here. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, check the thing and see if Jackie is here. Um, I... No. Nope. She's not online. Well, um, <clears throat> I guess I'll have to talk to myself. Ah, so you know my husband. He's quite powerful, you know. Yes, we all know about Arya Card. But... It seems he's left his mark on you. Clever. They, have, they do some talking about... Um, but you can't quite hear it over the crowd. And then... Um, he seems to make some sort of offer to her, and she nods, and um, then they shake hands. He uh, actually scratches her with one of his long claws, uh, holds up his uh, claw, brings up, there's a bit of her own blood on it. He brings that claw to his tongue, licks it a little bit, and says, oh, You don't have much time. You should consider what I have said. And then he basically turns around and walks back to his seat 
there you go. That happened. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I think we've decided he's a good person. I mean, I guess I'll talk to Alana and be like, are you okay? Oh, yes, I'm fine. Really nice friend in chat, actually. He's quite reasonable. We didn't ask his name. Who is he? Oh, he's... Where the heck, where the heck did I even name him? Akarazich. Akarazich. Turns out he leads the platoon for uh, Keva Ahaz. Uh, night watches. And this happened to be one of the nights that he went out. They just uh, were cleaning up the caverns and came out here for a drink when I came downstairs. And he uh, offered me a pretty interesting deal. What's the deal that he offered you? Um, he offered to, uh, give me a bit of his blood in exchange for, um, you know, to help me, uh, stabilize in my condition. She kind of, like, gestures to her necklace that is, like, sinking into her body. <laughs> and, um, in exchange for, uh, some, some cleanup. Like cleanup work. Well, what's he gonna do with your blood? No, he's going to give me his blood. Oh, okay. Is his blood gonna like take over you slowly? Well, it will be more of a means to an end. It will help me stabilize in the meantime, but I'll still have to find a more permanent solution. And, uh,. Back no, it's Kristen sending me <laughs> fan um sending sending me stuff. That's all. Okay. So um if uh he uh she gathers the, the group around and says Look I I honestly could use this because I uh her hands are shaking. I think I need a more um, concentrated form of demonic energy to help my body to stabilize. And, uh, well, he asked us to um, take care of a competitor of his um, <clears throat> named Zurch. There's another devil in the area. And I told him I'd think about it, considering that you, we are all part of this group and that it would probably involve you. Um, he didn't specify how we were to take care of him, but he wanted him removed from his position of power and taken away from the city. Obviously, the easiest way to do that would be to kill him. She takes out her dagger and looks at it fondly. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, we can also probably think of a more, you know, a passive peaceful way to, to pacify him. Uh, yeah, we should think about it more. Yeah, let's, let's table this for now. 
I know he seems nice, but like... There's something off about him. And not just because he's an eight-foot-tall mothman. Really? I thought he was... Uh, I'll answer that question later, McKenna. Okay. Um, well, I thought he seemed pretty forthcoming. Um, but, uh, like you said, uh, we'll leave this to a group consensus. Right now, we should probably get back to tomorrow's. Check up on Rierk and see how he's doing. And I also would rather not leave my mom alone at the uh, inn. Oh yes, it'd be quite boring, even though I'm just be knitting. I'd rather knit with someone next to me. That young draw boy is quite nice. I was going to knit him another sweater. <laughs> or perhaps I had to match the last one, I'm not quite sure. I'm still working on your socks. Mm. Oh, cool. Okay, All right. so you guys, I'm assuming you guys step out of the inn. Yeah, I yes. guess we step out of the inn. Um, Listen. What, 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 I mean, we, we should talk about what we want to do today. I mean, I know uh, Keontin wants to return that sword. If it belongs to the Aha clan. Um, the, the funeral... Is the funeral today? The funeral's today. Okay. So. So we gotta we gotta go to the funeral. What what time is the funeral at? You don't know. Okay. So yeah, we should go to. Yeah, we should uh, go to Mars Closet and talk to Rioric. Because he wanted us to go to the funeral, but he didn't tell us what time it was, and when it started. All right. Anyone have opinions they'd like to? Sorry. Do we need to dress a certain way for the funeral? Um, also, you don't know. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you can gather from your, um, <sighs> just from watching the city, they do put an emphasis on how one looks. And, uh, there probably is some form of dress code, though it... You can't imagine it would be something super elaborate, so, um, you were also under the impression that you would go as armed guards, so you don't think that it would be the same, um, expectations would be extended to you in terms of dress, so, we'll say that much. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I only got these clothes, and I also got this, like, extra set of hide armor that Luna doesn't want to wear. I'm kind of crossing my arms and I'm kind of pouty a little bit. <laughs> I got new music for this new city. So hang on, give me a second. I should have got the tiger armor, but... Well, while it's loading, I will read. <clears throat> the streets are clean, immaculate even. There's a pair of male drow, garbed in work uniforms, sweeping the streets 
One has a bag for debris and trash, and the other has a broom. They go about their work in a state of peaceful reluctance. A patrol guard of armed females bearing the crest of the Gerald March matriarchy marches by on light feet. There is a stillness to the city that is kind of unnerving, but also strangely peaceful. The sense of time is not the same here, as there is no changing of lights, and um, the streets are lit by blue-green lights. A few drow females walk about seemingly attending to some type of business, and there is the definitive sense of calm and purpose to all drow you come across. You begin to walk towards Mara's closet, and those who pass by you do not offer a hello, but rather a nod of acknowledgement and a thinly veiled surprise at your presence. Hello. Um, do you say that to... Just yeah, yeah, I say it to a... Passerby. A passerby. They um, seem a little shocked, but um, say hello back. And then go on their way. Nobody wants to say hello. You also notice that um, this sense of social distance is a lot greater here. So, like, normally... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They um, normally people are about an arm's length apart, but the drow are even further apart. Um, like, and it's not just you; it's everyone. That's just how everyone is. Like, even when you see two drow passing by, like they give each other a wide berth. <clears throat> the uh, you go onto the street that you came on earlier. It's labeled Market District, and um, the streets you walk on are there there's no open market so to speak but there are streets lined with stores uh, very neatly if everything's very orderly in this city and um <clears throat> you walk by you notice there's a lot of actually scent related stores like candles and incense perfumes and balms <clears throat> You continue walking, and you see a small line of two or three drow lining up before one of the many boxes that line the street. So before I mentioned, there are just kind of these boxes placed at, like, every couple streets. As you walk by, you notice that they will approach this box, open it, and inside there's, at first glance, like, probably just a statue and a basin below. Um... Every person who comes up will open the box, tap their finger against something inside this shrine, um, utter a chant, and then close the door and, and go. And this is repeated with every drow that does this, so you can assume that this is like the native religion here. Can we take a closer look? Sure, if you want to approach it, you can. Alright, Kianti approaches, so she's curious and doing research for her little stint. Okay, for, so... Uh, you, um... The box has, upon closer inspection, the box is lined with elaborate wood and has a statue with a basin below it. The statue is of, um... is kind of a, a slightly terrifying sight because it has 
um, an armless female figure with wings, and um, the head has been is is upside down, and oh. she is covered in chains. There is a needle at the base of the statue where the drow will prick their finger and give a blood offering while muttering one of the pre-approved prayers. Wow. There aren't any bloodborne diseases in the area. Well, they keep the streets clean, so I'm hoping they're aware of the issue. Interesting. Kianfi, she... She wants to, like, look at it more? Or maybe she wants to ask them what's going on. I don't know. Okay. Maybe more, I don't know, tactful. Um, what does she want to accomplish from... Well, I mean, she would try out pricking her finger on it, but she's campy, so she would never even think of that. Um... Okay, so she wants to understand what's happening? Yeah, what the religion is. Is there, like, a priest nearby? Um... You, you look around, there's no one who looks like a priest or in any way like that, but there are uh, two more drow in the line, so you can ask one of them. Okay, I will I will choose one. Okay, there I is... I will choose the first one. Okay. And I will bow to them. Hello there, it is very nice to meet you. I'm sorry for disturbing you. This is my first time in Toriel. Could you tell me more about what this altar means. So the person that you approached is a male, and okay. he looks surprised that you're talking to him, but um, <clears throat> returns the bow and says, uh, welcome. I can't say we have many visitors in Toril, but um, since you're interested, he um, speaks very quietly. And um, he opens, he, he goes over and opens up the shrine and says, like, this is a shrine to Briotriakt, who is the matriarch of our people. Uh, she requires a blood offering from her followers that we may be spared um, from disease and pestilence at her mercy. See. And, uh... So, wait, when you say it's the matriarch, does that mean it's like a goddess? Yes. Okay, can you spell her name for me? Uh, okay, so I can, um... I'll give you the phonetic spelling, because sure. that's what I do. So, B-R-E mm -hmm. and then uh, dash O-H Brio, oh, uh, dash T E A, Brio, Brio Triact. So, Tia or T R E A? So, uh, uh, dash T E A, and then dash A C H T, Oct. Wow, can you like put that in the chat? <laughs> Brio Triact. Brio Triact. Alright, cool. Alright, to avoid pestilence and disease. Let's write that down real quick. Alright then. I see. Well, thank you so much for your explanation. Everything in my notes is spelled wrong. Uh, 
How often do you participate in this uh, ritual? About once a week. I see that. So is today a, a Sabbath day for you? Uh... He isn't familiar with the term, but so he looks a little puzzled and says, uh, it's like a holy day. Yes, like a holy day. Not particularly. We are just, um, have, uh, certain assignments on when we offer our offerings. And this is my clan's day. I see. Thank you so much for explaining this to me. I'm sorry to interrupt you. He, he bows and then returns to what he was doing. I see. Alright, well, Fianfi's in uh, curiosity is stated. However, she wonders where all the blood goes, but she's going to not think about it too much because she'll get crazy. Yeah. And she's going to walk back to the group. Okay. <sighs> you reunite with your group. And um, <clears throat> as you're going to Mara's closet, um, right before you turn the corner to her shop, you notice that there is another male drow, and uh, he goes and stands on what looks to be like a sort of a pedestal next on, on the corner of the street. So he very calmly goes onto the pedestal and pulls out a bell and rings it. And all who nearby stop, who are nearby, stop and look at him. Then, in a clear and loud voice that permeates the immediate area, he says, "Male fighter tournament signs up today. Prize is a rainbow shell. Fight starts today. All males must have a female co-signer." He hands out flyers to the immediate persons around him. They receive them wordlessly and distribute the flyers out to each other. One is offered to. One's offered to Tarina, and... I eagerly, like, look over, well, try to look over Tarina's, uh, sh shoulder, because I hear, I heard Rainbow Shell. <laughs> Rainbow Shell. And so I was like, wait a minute, and I'm, like, digging through my clothes, <laughs> and I bring out a bunch of leaves that I write notes on, and I was like, is that, is that what Jupa wanted? I grab, I grab your bubble pipe and hand you the paper. <laughs> you can play one of my bubble pipe if you want. Yes, so I will... I, I'll, I believe... Yeah, it's what you're looking for. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> the rainbow shell has revealed itself. So it says that fighters must be male and you need to have a female co-signer. Um, and then there's like, it, it lists like a, there's a fee for, um, the pro, for, um, the applicants, and, uh, the grand prize is the rainbow shell. You think we could do this? I think I could come, I could pass off as a male, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna cast Druidcraft, and just a bunch of moss is gonna grow on my face, <laughs> in the shape of a beard. <laughs> Eh? What do you think? Make a performance check. You oh. might need to work on the voice. Oh, that's not... It's, uh... It's a 16. Okay, you know, it's really not too bad. Oh, okay. 
What do you think? <laughs> As this deep face comes out of tiny, oh tiny Elendriel, you're all taken aback just for a moment. <laughs> Never mind, you're good. I'm like puffing out my chest. <laughs> would, would we have to pass around some green halfling? Or what? Um, can I, so, it says, can I read the, um, the little flyer and, so, it says a male fighter, is it just, like, martial arts, or just fighting with swords, or does it say anything specific on the flyer? Um, it says it is, um, combat, like, a martial combat, so, like, swords and stuff. Oh, I don't think I'm... Really good at that, and then my beard starts to fall off. No. I just have I just have a stick. <laughs> but Luna's really good at fighting swords. I'm not that good. <laughs> no. Perhaps there could be someone else. If we're really looking for that rainbow shell, perhaps there's someone else we can find to ask to take our place in it. Maybe, yeah. I mean, we've only been in the town for a short time. It's, it's, we should see Rior. He's probably waiting for us. Wait. So, <clears throat> you approach Mara's shop. It's much like the others. It has a gray stone facing with decorative and elaborate geometric carvings along the outside. The window of her shop has a slight blue tint to it, and it has, in pretty cursive text, an undercommon that says, Mara's Closet. Pretty clear the airs. Alterations and commissions accepted. The window has... But to us it says... Because <laughs> <laughs> it's an undercommon. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Luna would bother to translate that. Um, I might just not think to. Yeah, I think she wouldn't do... I don't think she'd either. Like, I'm just... Like, I was... Like, if I had been translating a lot, then I would be in, like, a habit, but if not, then... So, the window has, um, a silk dress with a display crystal below it to illuminate with light, and the second dress is made from a linen that you recognize as one of the bolts that you transported yourself. So, Mara has already made a dress from the oh. linen. She and works fast. She only needs four hours of sleep. A small bell goes off as you walk through the door to the cozy interior of her shop. Can I try on one of the dresses? Yeah, you can try on one of her dresses, yeah. yeah. I was thinking like in character asking. Oh, okay. Um, so you walk in <clears throat> and the counter is a few feet away and she's currently with uh, a male drow. He leans over the counter with a friendly and familiar intimacy and um you can hear him say, I haven't seen you in ages. Where have you what have you been doing? Mara replies, Oh nothing, just just a project. Uh, welcome, I'll be right with you. If you'll excuse me, Colm. Uh, I can wait upstairs for you. Uh, no, 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 it's a mess up there. Come now, your mess has never bothered me much. No, no, please, Colm. I am not oh, I have customers. Right? <clears throat> So, uh, Colum, um, the drow that you know as Colum now walks past your group and looks at you curiously, uh, with the, he's like the most friendly drow you've encountered. He does a bow and says, my name is Colum, 
And uh, if you don't mind me saying it, this is a bit of an odd sight tutorial. What, what business do you have here? <laughs> Mara per pops up, perks up. They brought me the shipment for Guntrick. <laughs> She's a little flustered. He looks confused. Why are you still here? Colin, that's rude. <laughs> I, I mean no offense. I'm just simply curious. Most non -drove. Oh my gosh, you can't just ask people why they're here. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> most most non-drow find Toral to be pretty dismal. I lean in. Well, I find it rather charming. <laughs> oh, well. Glad you, you like it. Uh, I like it a lot. I bring out my pipe. I, I, you have to take it back from, from Tarina. <laughs> I look for my pipe and I don't have it. Tarina! My pipe! No. <laughs> She's just like, no, 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 you can't have it. I... I pretend I'm holding a pipe. And I just extend two fingers out and just... Told you it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks at you... Curiously, uh, um, uh, it, <clears throat> is that a custom from where you're from? No, it's not. She's just very different, but it's not a bad thing. Right, uh, well, I uh, hope your stay is good. And, uh, he leaves. Oh no, I can't. We hope your stay is good. Thank you. I live here, so I I quite enjoy it. Kind of like walks away. All right. Let me just write a little few things down. I narrow my eyes. I don't trust him. I think he's onto us. Please. What? What do we do? I don't know. I just kind of her head. <laughs> He's just really nosy. Oh, don't mind him. That's Mara speaking. Don't mind Colum. He's always been like that. He's just sad he hasn't seen me in a while. Is he curious or is he looking for tea? Looking for tea? Gossip. Oh. <laughs> I... You know, honestly, I think it's just curious. He's always been like that. And, um... Honestly, you guys are a bit of a scene here. We don't... We really don't have a lot of travelers coming in and out. But anyway, um... Rierich's upstairs if you want to see him. But I, I won't offer any arguments if you want to try anything in the shop. I saw you hide the dresses. Oh, I really want to try on this one. I, I, I don't know. There's a pretty one. Okay, so I'll give you some choices. Um, her shop is mostly of silks. And um, there's a green one with this sort of gold embellishment. And it looks... Um, so they have these long open sleeves. And then like sort of like the um, an overdress. And then a cincher in the middle, so think like Mulan, like the cartoon, how she has her 
like the robe part, then the skirt part, and then like the wraparound part. Which cartoon? The Mulan cartoon. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like they're pretty they're designed similarly. Some of them have um, a cut under just under the bust where it um, splits into two halves. Um, uh, so anyway, you can pick a green one or a blue one or a um, a black one, and then the there's a couple of other just just raw bolts. And there is a linen dress in the window, and that one, I'm just going to say, is yellow. Okay, I want to try the blue one and the black one. Okay, so. I actually have... Do you have descriptions for the dresses? <laughs> well, I, um... She has... I made stock for her, yeah. So I gotta just go find it again. Do, 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 do. I did write dress. Um, <laughs> I did write descriptions for other dresses. Oh, here we go. Okay. All right. So she has a stock of finely colored silks. Um. All right. She. Awesome. Okay. I know what I'm gonna say. So you try on the the blue one. It's this sort of deep aqua color and um, it has these deep open sleeves, sort of like a wizard robe. Fun for hiding things. And uh, she shows that you can actually like wrap the um, excess of the sleeve around your arm and then tuck it in so like it won't get in the way. And uh... <laughs> Then it has this em embroidery um, embellishments that are with a silver thread of basically like stars, and yeah, she Ooh, stars. star dress. Star dress. It's Luna. She's like, oh, this one looks quite nice on you. She tightens it up with, and then um, ties the. Ties it in the back with an elaborate knot. And uh, you look nice. You look nice. It's, it's good quality. Do a little spin. Do a spin. It's a more of a tightly fitted dress, so it doesn't spin too much. Think like um, more of a, a yukata. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it still looks good. So. <clears throat> and then she says, what would you like to try on the black one now? Is the black one worth spinning? Yes. Yes, it okay. has. She she holds it out and then just, you know, shows how it will drape and kind of flow in, with the movement. So you put it on and um, it's more of a loose-fitted dress where um, it fits under the bust and then flares out. And um, it has this sort of like sheer fabric on the outside. The um, there's um, what's it called? Uh, an edging that is made of gold, and it goes around the collar and along the edges of the sleeves, which are just an, a long sleeve 
but aren't billowy. So like things are cold down there. So they tend to wear a lot of layers. <laughs> and this one has um, basically they, they tend to favor ge geometric patterns over other things. So it um, has like kind of this square geometry in the black with, um, it has this gold thread for embellishment. So it also looks nice. Um, you sense that you would get more movement out of this uh, as opposed to the other one. And this it does is- love dancing, so that is a factor. Okay, yeah, uh, she would definitely be able to move more in this black one. I'll have to look up how much fine clothes cost. <laughs> if you wanna... Yeah. I'm just like kind of looking at the dresses, putting one up against me, putting the other up against me, and they both kind of slowly fade into a green, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Everything just looks great on me. <laughs> okay. Well, do you, um... Uh, 15 gold pieces. Yes, uh, uh, I agree. <laughs> 15 gold pieces for each dress. Okay, um... Do I We just got paid. Yeah, that's true. Is there a blue, is there a blue flowy one? Um, yeah, I'll say there is a blue flowy one. She takes you, it's more of a, a cerulean, so it's not as, you know, an aqua one, but um, mm -hmm. this one, it's it's more flowy. It, um, it goes down to the hip, and then it flares out, and um, it has this section um, that kind of, there's kind of this cut out of the, the skirt, and uh, in between the cut is another section of fabric, so there's like, think like it's a blue, but then there's like a triangle of, you know, um, uh, uh, yeah, we'll say it, like, she, she tends to, Mara tends to stick to analogous color schemes, so it's blue and green, and then, um, this kind of dark blue accent with it. You try it on. And, um, she, like, pulls the, um, some of the seams up and then, like, kind of pins them and fits it into you. It fits nicely. You, uh, spin in it, and it has a nice flare to it as you spin around. And then it, um, kind of does that cool, like, you know how when fabric kind of twirls around your legs and then untwirls? Yeah. It does that. And there's, um what's called tool under it that makes it kind of fluffy. Okay. And it, it goes um, to her knees. Alright, just both. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, so now you have two fine dresses. On top of whatever fine clothes I had before. Yeah. Luna's just fabulous. And, um, well, um, if you're interested, I have uh, something that's a little more practical, and she she pulls out this this cloak. It is a, 
dark green. She says, uh, I had this, I picked this up when um, some travels. It's called a cloak of archery. I don't know if any of you would be interested in something like that. Um, but just so you know, it's, um, <clears throat> helps you uh, with archery. Yeah, I'm gonna look up cloak of archery real fast. Cloak. Oh, that's right. I skinned it as that. Okay. There we go. Alright. Okay. While wearing these bracers, you have proficiency with a longbow and shortbow, and you gain a plus two. Bonus to damage rolls on attacks made with such weapons. So, um, <clears throat> but it looks like I'm not getting any bites, so I'll just, uh, you know, let you know that it's here and we'll I'm kind of like trying to keep, so he puts it away and <clears throat> I know when the sale's not, I know when the sale's not going to go through, so <clears throat> now you... How much is it? Well, it's enchanted material. Very durable. Uh, it's a 1500. No thanks. <laughs> well, let's see if we have a change of mind. Um, now, I, I think... Now, uh, once you run upstairs, I'm sure um, Riorik's waiting. Yeah, let's talk to Riorik. Okay. Does Riorik participate in the, the, the competition or whatever for us? Oh, you can. I thought trying to kill him. Like we're trying to make sure he doesn't die. Yeah, and he's... Like I said, it would end badly, but... Yeah. And he's kind of trying to lay low. Maybe we could find a big buff guy somewhere. Somehow. Or... Or we can disguise ourselves. Like, I can be on someone's shoulders and... We can disguise ourselves as a really buff guy. Both of our efforts combined. I mean, and Lana does have a disguised kid. Anyway, you climb the stairs behind the counter of the store and reach the second story. You open the door and it um, opens to a parlor room with chairs to receive guests. There's a gas fireplace to the side that the, that the chairs encircle. A makeshift curtain of raw cloth has been hung over a doorway to a small reading nook. To the immediate and far left are doors, and there's a ladder that leads to a, a loft. The curtain is pulled back, and you fully expect to see Rierk when you see a peacock poke what? his head out. A peacock has shown up. Shapeshifter, or just the, just the bird? Re uh, make, you'll have to make some sort of check to tell. Rierk, is that you? We're looking for Rierk, Mr. Peacock. Would that be perception? Uh, do a per- yeah, you can do like a per- do, do a nature check! Okay! Do a nature check, Druid! Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll give myself a guide. 17. Um, so this peacock has mannerisms 
that are a little too humanoid to be a peacock. So you think it's a shapeshifter. And, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna have do a bunch of squawks with my speech of the woods and be like, Riorik, is that you? We're looking for Riorik. Mr. Uh, peacock. Yes, Mr. Peacock. So you hear the peacock responds and it says, yeah, he's here. And uh, Riorik pulls the curtain back and he's holding this peacock and he's just like, oh, good, you're back. <sighs> I'm, and uh, so he's holding this peacock and he comes over to you guys. Then from one of the from one of the chairs, um, a pair of canine eyes peer over them, and a white fox um, pokes his head out and looks at you guys. Adlana's fox, Sebastian. Oh yeah. Sebastian. Sebastian curiously leaps out of Adlana's satchel and meets the new. White fox, nose to nose. The two exchange sniffs, and Sebastian's ears flatten in confusion. He looks to Lana. What's wrong, boy? He's just... He, he's not really upset, he just looks very confused. Uh, I'm sure you're all wondering why there's a peacock and a fox here. Um, <clears throat> the Arctic... The peacock uh, flaps down from Riarik's arms and then splays out his fan in an elaborate uh, display of purple feathers, walking around the room before taking a bow. I clap. He is very pleased that you are clapping for him. I, I would like to imagine I'm like the only one clapping, <laughs> so it's very awkward. The Arctic fox uh, like gives the peacock like the darkest glare. And then, um, he, it starts to shimmer, and in a subtle whoosh of cold air, the body turns to ice before morphing back into fairies. I knew it! <laughs> yeah, your vampire boys can... He looks worn out, but better than before, and pauses for a second, glances at your group, and then offers a quiet, welcome back. Why are you guys animals? Well, Arcadia. Oh, I guess it's not too weird since when you put it like that. Yeah, he, he like kind of is. He looks at you confused because you're a druid. <laughs> <laughs> well, Arcanic ancestry is a fey and drow. Most of our kind can bond with an animal and shift into it, though it's only a few times a day and only one animal, and it's usually selected at an age that is young. That's why Nartilius is a peacock. I like it. And then the peacock swiftly pecks at Farius's foot. Ow! And he, like, Farius kind of, like, kicks back at him and mutters, Dishit! Before shooing him away. The, uh... <laughs> I can turn into an arctic fox. There are a lot growing up when I was little. Anyway. We figured it'd be easier to find random animals and to find random organic men, so. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> Mara asked Narte, this is, um, Rierick. 
Mara asks Narte to hang on to his animal for him because she wants to collect the feathers. And he leans over. I'm not sure how well that will work, though. Usually it takes months of a bird of this size to mold, but you know, it's okay. We'll just give her what she wants. Just pull them out. <clears throat> um, well, I, I'm told that's not very good for the bird, but, like, you know, um, you know, if we asked, maybe Naruto would be into it. Um, <clears throat> he looks, you see the peacock look, and he looks, like, severely wounded, like, <gasps> And then his fan, his, he like closes his feathers and then like <laughs> settles in the corner. <clears throat> well, um, anyway, I was hoping that you guys could be here because Mara is running the shop and um, I could use help because I'm trying to disguise myself as a woman, I mean a female, and I've never worn a dress before. Or been cute, so I, um... So are you gonna dress up as a woman for the funeral? Yes. Because... So if I went as a guy, I'd have to be escorted by a female, and... It's just, I don't know, in my brain this works out better. I mean, you could just be escorted by one of us. Yeah, so the thing is, is that you have to be in... Invited? Um, and you're not. So, like, here's the thing. If I go as a male, I have to be escorted by a drow female who was of high enough rank to go to a matriarch's funeral. And, but if I go as a female, they're not gonna, you know, wave, they're not really gonna bat their eyes if I come in with an armed guard. That's just how our culture works. Um, I guess we could do that. I don't wear makeup. <laughs> Adlana pulls out her disguise kit. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Makeover. Makeover! Okay, so... You guys, there's a couple of dresses to select. Um, there's a yellow dress. Silk and long sleeve with geometric triangles on it. It has an analogous color scheme with green overskirt and blue accents. The second dress is a silk draping gown with a deep purple of a deep purple. It has silver and black embroidery on it and fits snugly against the body. The third is a teal blue with deep sleeves and a high collar. Um so I like the yellow one. You like the yellow one? Okay, I I'll try the yellow one. So he's like how do I even put this on? He's like holding up pieces and then like um the the peacock Narte of all people comes out and just like I can't, can't. I, dude I can't even give me that he's <laughs> just like give me that okay this is the robe and he starts like putting it on him alright how? Narte <laughs> do you wear dresses too? I just am very fashion forward. <laughs> He's not wearing a shirt, by the way. And I like <laughs> lean into Luna and I'm like, I think that's a yes. <laughs> what was that? I think that's a yes. I think I mean, he does wear dresses. To educate yourself, huh? That's true. I just haven't seen any uh, males wear dresses. 
Not the one common in there, Kenny Gampire. We're kind of... Yeah, we're pretty fast from forward. That was furious. She like looks around like, yeah, we're pretty... We're pretty elaborate. <clears throat> okay, so you put the yellow dress on him. And he is asked... Alright, how do I look? He, he looks okay in it. Spin. Um, he spins. Spin the other way. He spins the other way. And um, keep spinning. Don't stop. He keeps spinning. Like, he, is this supposed to help? I'm, I'm getting a little dizzy. He's and he stops. And you guys get the sense that he might be a little more persuasive than this. Um, maybe we should try the the other ones because I know. I mean, I like yellow. Don't get me wrong, but yellow against this green, I mean, I kind of have a green undertone to my gray skin, and, and, and um, maybe we should put makeup on you to color, to change your skin tone. Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. Okay, okay. So, do we, do we think I should stay with the yellow dress? I like it. As long as you feel comfortable wearing the dress. Well, to make sure that you remain unnoticed, of course. <laughs> Maybe a darker, more neutral color would actually work then, if he's trying to go unnoticed. So a darker yellow? Maybe not yellow at all. I, I don't believe we have any other yellow. <laughs> um, well, there's there's this uh, nice purple one. <sighs> and so, um... I mean, that is darker than yellow. So it's kind of like this really deep plum color. Put it on him. It has, um, it's a draping gown, so it, it doesn't have a lot of, um, it, it fits very loosely on him and it's more of like a gown that's meant to like be a flowy, um, sort of like Princess Kayuga dress. And, um,. <clears throat> You, uh, it, it fits on him. He, uh, can't spin very well in it because it, um, actually, no, he can spin pretty well in it. Spin! He spins in it. It's not as flowy, but, um, it, it spins, so he spins in it. And, um, you think that he might be a little more nimble in this one, um, given that, that the fabric itself is lighter and, um, has more, um, movement to it, like he can, it looks like he can move better in it. Um, the purple, uh, against gray does seem to look better, but that's really just the opinion of the DM. <laughs> well, Ellie doesn't have much of a fashion sense, so. <laughs> Given that everything that she wears turns green. <laughs> so she looks at it and she sees the spin and she's like, Yeah, it looks good too! I, I think I like this one more. I'm, I'm more partial to, to purples and, and I am a yellow. No offense, Ellie. <clears throat> Narte cocks his head to the side. It's okay, I'm not too good at fashion. Oh no, I, I think you're great. I mean, I, I like that you have the... This, um, I, I look at my, <laughs> my, 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 my cow armor. I, I like the cow. My... I think it's very bold. 
Really, you think it's cool? Yeah, I think it's a pretty cool cow print. <laughs> Narte sits back, looks at it. Well, Farius, what do you think? Why are you asking me that? You're the only straight guy here. Um, well, is this a question of does Rerik pass as a female or whether or not I would ask her out? Oh, well, now I want to know both. Farius looks extremely uncomfortable. And then he, um, because of his pale skin, he can't really hide the fact that he's pretty, blushing. that he's blushing. And says, uh, Rierick looks fine, I guess. We really gotta work in your compliment game, man. Perhaps that fine is all that we can fine. live with for now. We just have to make sure that he's able to attend. I think this will do quite nicely. Um, Everly. Um, oh, look, there's a hat. So he, he pulls up a hat and there's a veil over it. And he says, Yeah, I think this will look pretty good. And he, he holds out, like, the, um, basically, like, the chest area where, like, the fabric's really loose. And he says, should, do you think we should stuff me? You know, I, I could just be, uh, do you think that's too much? Yes. And I do druid craft and I make a bunch of moss. <laughs> oh, okay. <Yes. laughs> you just pat him up. Uh, make a performance check. Oh, my gosh. Alright. Alright. Hi. Dang. I. Well, it doesn't. Uh, it's. I, I, would, I think it would be performance because what Ellie is doing is putting in padding for a realistic breast shape. And so, like. And when you're doing deception, I see it as more of an active lying thing. Alright. Well, I got. So, a, I got a 21. Okay, I yeah. S I s stuffed that shirt, shirt good. Stuff it, mold it. I was like, you're a female, you know what these look like. Yeah. And, um... Give <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff them, give them a nice, probably, you know, a decent, like, B-cup size. Nothing too, you know, um, ostentatious. <laughs> Step I, back. I turned to Luna, I'm like, what do you think of the size? Do you think this... Do you think this works? Yeah, I think it works pretty well. Great, well, um... <clears throat> I think this is uh, as good as I... Well, he looks in He looks in the mirror. Yeah, I think this looks pretty good. Now, yeah, now give us your lady voice. Oh, uh, okay. <clears throat> Hello. How's that? That's that sounds pretty oh, good. I think we might need to keep it up for a little longer, though. Uh, okay. You know, <coughs> keep like that from now on, just to get more used to the back. Oh, I see. That's, well, it's pretty exhausting. <sighs> okay, maybe you I just won't talk. You just I just won't talk that much. You know what? <clears throat> also, it's very entertaining to have my wife go from a male voice and then doing a male voice doing an impression of a female voice. <laughs> well, um, I think that will do. And, um, 
So he does, he goes into this like overleaf like feminine walk and has his hands kind of swinging. It's too much, isn't it? Kind of like puts, puts his hands together. Well, I um, I think this will do. Let us go downstairs and, and see what Mara thinks. So on your, uh, on your way out, various, well, um, he'll briefly, like, just, um, grab, we'll say, uh, Tarina, and he asks, if you're going into town, I would like a favor. Uh, allow me to accompany your party as a fox. Canaris is still missing, and I would like to search for him. Only a white fox is easy to spot in a ton of gray. He nods towards Sebastian. Seeing that your party is a pet fox, I would impose upon you that I pose as a second. Can I hold the fox? He, he does a deep sigh and says, yes. <laughs> if he turns back into a fox, and um, allows you to pick him up. I thought I was gonna jump, but okay. Oh yeah. So you grab him. you grab him. He's very soft. You have a little scratches. Yeah. He he seems kind of reluctant, but then when you get to the left ear, he like leans into it. Scooch him behind the ear. Sebastian likes that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like when the dog when you like scratch the dog in the right spot and they kick their their leg. So, you, you yeah. found the spot. <clears throat> As uh, you exit downstairs, Mara does a little clap. Oh, my, you look lovely. She steps around and starts to play with the draping of the fabric and mutters to herself, I knew I should have put another seam this in this. And she just looks up, wait, um, you know it's a volcanic funeral, right? Is it in a volcano? Virix? Virix says, what? Uh, no, I had no idea. I, I thought it would be a rock burial. No, she's a she's a matriarch. They're going to do a volcanic burial, and the high priestess is going with the is going to lead the procession. Oh no! Well, okay, that makes things a little more complicated. So, are they burying her in a volcano? Is there a volcano in this cave? I look around. Um. Do I see any Mara. <laughs> Mara says, well, uh, the procession will take the lift down into the belly and of the, the, the mountain where the lava flows. Um, I've, I've never really been to one. Um, and actually, uh, Senya, who has been quietly following you guys around knitting, says, ah, yes, I will tell you of the volcanic funerals. <clears throat> The burial starts with a long procession. They walk through the city in the early hours and then move out down into the depths. An offering will be required. Typically it is a gift that was given to you by the dead. These gifts are placed on the body and then is lowered into the depths of the mountain. A chant is said and they summon the giant beast to slaughter and offer up as a gift of blood tribute to Briotriarch. The blood is shed, and then followed by riotous drinking and often an orgy. Yeah. Rierich says, uh, 
Right! Um, I think I'll skip that last part. <clears throat> uh, I you said there's a giant beast? Yes. Usually, with a drow funeral, particularly an matriarch, there will be the slaying of the beast. But no worries, dear. You will be accompanied by a, a long procession of very of, of uh, she goes on to explain that like people who would be invited to this procession would be high-ranking drow and therefore be trained in combat or magic so like they it would you would fight something but it would, you'd most likely be able to handle it <clears throat> well um <sighs> right uh I don't think taking out five of you would be really uh, a great idea. Yeah, Mara speaks up. It's probably best to take two of you. Um, are particular about proprieties and things like that, and <clears throat> if you take two, no one will really think about it. But if you take more than that, I have to Ember Common. Well, that would be good if you would if you went. Um, uh, who else? Anyone might, uh... Is any one of you great at, um... Uh, diversions or keeping conversations? Because, well, we know that Rayark's not great at it. So it might be better if one of you was really good at keeping conversations going that they might, you know, deflect away from Rayark. Or we know whoever. I mean, I can go with you, Luna. Unless Torino wants to, I don't. I feel like I might do a decent job of that. Adlana uh, leans over and says, "Yeah, but don't you need to, you know, do your your uh, meet with uh, your." Sabotage your brother's engagement. Mara uh, looks up and says, Oh, right, I forgot. And um, she shuffles behind her counter and pulls up two envelopes. And then she hands an envelope to Kayanthi and hands an envelope to Tarina. She says, These are instructions for your missions. I forgot about them yesterday, sorry. But um, these should have more information on what you need to do here in Toriel for... Uh, Rowan, Woodbeck, and Godric. Alright. Okay, I will read... I guess I'll read them aloud. Okay. So, Kayanthi. It says, Your mission is to establish a hideout and find a spy. Let me um, just quickly turn off the music so you guys don't have any... Conflicts. Mara has gotten us into Toril, and as much as I approve of her, she's not fit for spying. She has a terrible eye. <clears throat> her social standing will not get me close to the information I need. You need to find a place in town where the network can drop off information and exchange items if they need to. So essentially the uh, 
the base of operation or like the front. So, Jude mm-hmm. is a place where people of all social standing rub elbows. Taverns do well, but so do bathhouses and banks and likewise. If at all possible, try to find a spy within each of the matriarch houses. Brayden, Avra, Hoyegna, and Eha. You must use your own discretion on who is a good candidate for the network. Usually someone close but not seen, such as a handmaid or a manservant works well. But they're hard to crack and typically are loyal vassals. I know this may prove difficult, but I have every confidence in you, Julie. You are an Ordelia, you are an Ordelia after all. Okay, did you get that? Yes, I have written down some notes there. Okay. Uh, let me reiterate, because I know the connection uh, to you is very good. So it was blinking out a little bit, but you said find a connection between each of the noble houses? Yes. Yeah, Fun. Okay, it, yeah cool. find it. That's um, the most advantageous uh, um, position. Like, she said, like, it'd be really nice if that happened. Um, but if you can't and it seems too dangerous, then don't do it. And use your discretion to decide that. I see. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Tarina, yours says, mission, sabotage the engagement. Nessa Afra is the female who has been selected for your eldest brother's hand. She is the great granddaughter of Aideen Avra, who is known as the gold matron and high priestess of Breotriacht. She is a female of high esteem and power, tread lightly. Sources of ours indicate that the drow will send envoys from the houses to represent an intended marriage interest. Courtship is usually based upon what value can be brought to the table. In your brother's instance, a long line of nobility on your father's side, as well as your mother's, well, by human standards, human life standards, anyway. Drow, however, drow keep humans as slaves. I suggest bringing his human heritage as a point of soreness to sabotage. There's also an element of beauty to the drow that they value. They are under the impression that he is handsome and will yield attractive children. Something that Drow also, um, so the Drow are into, from what you've seen, like, the Drow are really into, like, how they look, and how they smell, and, like, um, everyone's been super hot, okay, like, it's, it's pretty unusual to see, like, a kind of a frumpy Drow, um, (laughs) the match is strange, is strange, and likely born out of desperation, However, the union of the cleric line of the Avras and the druidic line of the Meliamnes would prove to be a strong weapon. They're likely interested in siring a strong mage from the union. You may use your discretion on how to handle the this, this situation. If Priestess Avra has decided that... Uh, Araban's the oldest brother, right? <laughs> um, so, we'll just say yes. <laughs> it is worth her time. She is intent on taking him as a husband for her granddaughter. Any vain sort of dismissal will not work, and any overextended faults will be reflected poorly on your brother and will likely be known amongst amongst the nobility, well, forever, since we tend to not forget about anything scandalous. And then, like, in parentheses, she writes, just ask Kayanthe about her bard brother. That's it in the note. Okay. I think I know who that guy is. 
Okay. Did you get that? Barely. Okay, barely's barely's enough. <laughs> but no, like Basically, uh, Nessa Avra is the granddaughter of the um, the high priestess, and um, you're gonna have to tread lightly and think of like an excuse to um, for them to break off the engagement. So like you you need to make Araban look like something they don't want, but not something that is um, like overly repulsive because that will tarnish his reputation essentially. So you want to make him look undesirable enough where they'll like rescind their offer, but um, not terrible enough where you like won't receive any marriage proposals ever again. <laughs> All right. Okay. So back to the shop. You uh, were talking about the about who was going to go with Riorik um, as his guard. So we have Luna, who offered her herself as one of them. <clears throat> Is who else wants to go? To go with Riorik? Yes, to the funeral. Well, if. Tarina's busy, then I guess I, I'll go. Well, um, actually, it's, how about I go instead? With the contents of the letter, I need to go and make more connections with those who are in the matriarchy here. Okay. There you go. Alright, so, Kayanthi and Luna are going to go with Riark. Right, okay. I will, of course, pay you for this, um, for your troubles and risking your lives, so are you okay with gold? That one? I believe we are just fine with gold. Wait, is, are we risking our lives by going to a funeral? Well, uh. Um, is that risky to fall into the volcano? I mean, it's not that risky to fall into a volcano, but I mean, it's. Um. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what could happen. So, I just want you to know that this is territory that I have. I've not been in. Well, we, we're going to keep our eyes peeled. I mean, every time that we've done something fun, it always turns out to be something dangerous. Well, I, mean, I don't believe a funeral in a volcano was meant to be fun to begin with. That's true. Yeah, yeah we went on a... Actually. We went on a scavenger hunt and got attacked by pirates. We went to a tea party and got bombarded by fake beings. And I'm just like looking left to right. We keep our uh, mouths closed. Hopefully, nothing, no bad mojo will come our way. I look left, I look right. Do I see anything? Uh, make a perception check. Cool. Perfect. That is. That's a 14. 14. Look around. What are you looking for? I'm looking for anything just suspicious. Just for suspicion. Okay, okay, um... <laughs> you, um... No, not really. You don't really see anything. Okay. <laughs> right, uh, the... 
I'll give you guys um, another house 200 a piece sound so for you guys. I think that sounds fine. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah, water sounds like a great plan. I've been doing lots of drinking and I have my own water. Do you want me to drink your water? Okay. <clears throat> well, um, I think, <clears throat> I don't think that, um, I think we have a little bit of time before the procession starts, so. If you guys need to do anything, now would be the time to do it. <clears throat> well, can't How much time is there then? Um, you have like, I'd say, let's see, um, you have probably like, alright, uh, what, you guys woke up pretty early. Sorry, it's a lot of math because it's 16 hour days. Um, I'll say you guys have like two or three hours. Mm. I mean, Yanti wants to go and try and find. Uh, I keep mispronouncing it apparently. The Aha or Aha? Aha. Aha. That's right. This A. She's gonna find the not Canadian royalty. At least kind of scope out the area so she knows where she's going, or she might even try and actually go for an audience now. Just to. Okay. Okay. All right. So you guys head um, from the market district over to the Aha clan. Are we taking the foxes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, All right, fox friend. Yeah. So is Tarina holding? Um, who's who's the fox? Is that is that Farius? Yeah, Farius. I'm holding Farius. Oh, okay. For buds now. Go back outside. Um, you walk down the main road. It's pretty easy to go through town as there's a lot of signs. You uh, follow the directions that Carabra gave you and you come to the sand pit. It is <clears throat> a large coliseum type uh, arena and it's the only circular building in the entire city. Uh, it has um, these um, gargantuan walls. You hear some cheering from the inside, and there's another town crier saying, uh, Sign up! Sign up for the mail tournament today! Sign up's here! And um, unless you stop, I'll say you guys continue following along the edge of the sand pit, as it is called. And then um, you come to a grand gray building. It has an uh, undercommon written Aha. Wait, so is the tournament today? Um, yes. Yeah. A lot of things are happening today. No, then we can't even do it, because we're going to a funeral. <laughs> well? Oh, by the way, uh -huh. I think um, the ambient music might be having you cut out with your signal. We're having some trouble hearing you off and on. 
Okay, how's that? Well, just, just keep talking. We'll let you know if it, if it's okay. better or not. Okay. Because uh, the um, the ambient music's from a different source, so it shouldn't be a signal problem. It might just be like a volume problem. That's all. Yeah. I feel like it might just be a signal thing that's hard to predict with it. Um, <clears throat> I will say that you have a disguise kit, and you are carrying around a warrior who is a guy. But hey, you can do whatever you want. Um, you also have uh, Lana, who is proficient with a disguise kit. And she doesn't need to be doing anything in particular right now. I'm gonna um, lean over to Luna. I'm like, can I borrow your fox really quick? I look down at the fox and ask to see, just to see like if he wants somebody to borrow him. Um, he <clears throat> he just kind of like puts his paws out, like he's indifferent as to what happens. I pick him up and I talk to him in fox, and I'm like, "Do you want to enter a fighting tournament?" There's like a really long pause, and he's just like, "As a fox." Well, as a, as a, as a guy, but well, we, we have, we have a disguise kit so we can disguise you, so you don't look so arcane. Okay, um, he, there's a pause again, and he responds, I will do it, but you will have to, if, when I, if and when I find Canarius, you will have to help us. Is that found fair? Yeah, we can help you. Alright. <clears throat> so, um... Where's this tournament? I... Look around. Where's the sign-up thing? Does he have to physically sign up for it? Or can we just put down his name? Um... I think you like I you though you see the signups and um you do see like in every instance of signups there is a male and a female. So like you do think he needs to like physically be there to like sign himself up along with like um a female co-signer. Okay. We'll do it after um the AHA. Okay. Thing. I don't want to keep sidetracking us. Okay. So you, um, <clears throat> you, you hurry back with this white fox in your arms, tiny green lady with the white fox, and you... I, I give, I give, what is it, Farius, right? He's yeah. Farius? Okay. Yeah, I give Farius back to Luna. Alright, he said yes. <laughs> and I'm looking super happy because I'm about to get that rainbow shell. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna give a gift to a best friend. I'm looking at him kind of concerned. Like, you sure about this man? He's just... He... He meets your eye with, like, this affirmative gaze. And then gives he gives you a nod. He meets your eye with what? It was hard to hear you. An affirmative gaze. 
Okay, the whole phrase affirmative gaze was not included. Okay. So I guess it's, it's still cutting out. You just have to be aware of that as all. Well. Okay, well, whenever it cuts out, I'll just repeat it, because I don't think I can do anything else about it. It cut out again. Whenever I cut out, let me know. <laughs> we'll try. Okay. How did that go? Well, I, I think actually it was a little bit better. That's because it's right next to me. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> that was beautiful. Those are very dulcet tones. <laughs> Alright, so I'm you come to this beautiful mansion. Engraved, yes. engraven upon a plate, plaque, the words written Ahar Clan, and there is a bell next to the plaque. You probably think it might be a good idea to ring the bell. Who knows? There is a gate around the mansion as well. I should mention that. Okay, so there's a gate and a little bell. Yes. Kind of like room service or whatever. Yeah, think of like an exterior gate and then a bell. So like it's 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 like a doorbell. I see. A little doorbell then. Alright then. I suppose there's no one else around that I can speak to. It's just a matter of ringing the bell then. Okay. Okay. That's... You ring the uh, bell. Bling! Yes. <clears throat> and um... This, uh, essentially, like, um, you hear some clicking similar to, um, it reminds you a little bit of the submarine, like the sounds you heard on that, and then, um, an intercom speaks and says, this is the Aha clan household, to whom am I speaking? Alright, so even though no one can really see her through intercom, Kayafi kind of just like straight. Uh, can you say that again? You cut out. Yeah. Is that cutting out? Yeah. Kayanthi. Ah. So the tables turn. Anyway, she was just um, tidying her clothes. Even though no one can see her. Okay. <laughs> she just wants to feel presentable, even if she can't look presentable. <laughs> and so, and she says, Hello, uh, my name is Kayanthine Enmire. I'm sorry to intrude, but I was hoping to speak with someone of the Aha clan. I have something to discuss. <clears throat> so, you desire an appointment? Well... <clears throat> Would you like to speak to the matriarch, or is one of her, or would you like the most recent, the uh, who is most available at the time? Who who will be, who is going to be available in the least amount of time? Who's going to be available next? Okay. No words. So off, off topic or something like that, I guess. So um. Basically, I'm making an appointment to meet with someone eventually, or I'm going to meet with someone today, right? Uh, so you have two options. You can make an appointment to meet the matriarch, or you can make an appointment with someone who is available earlier. 
Hmm, I think we should do someone available earlier so that way it gives the matriarch some backstory about what's going on, I suppose. Okay, okay. So I, I choose that one. Okay. Yes, um... <clears throat> do, 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 do. Hang on, let me check some... Let me see if someone is available. <laughs> Okay, this is... Oh yeah, you're at the... Aha. Okay. Ah! Alright, fun, okay. Yes! <clears throat> the, the speaker cr crackles again to life and says, Yes, I do believe <clears throat> Master Column is available. Would you like to meet with him? Sure thing. Let's let's go ahead and have a chance to speak with him. Okay. So the uh, the gate um, the um, actually he'll respond once again. Yes, I will. <clears throat> Colum has agreed, and the gate. There's a buzz, and the gate kind of opens. <laughs> Please see yourselves to the front, and I will receive you. Thank you very much. And then Keanthi turns to the others and says, If you want to come with me, you could, but I, I wonder if a larger crowd might cause too much attention. And she has the, the bundle with her that holds the, uh, the sword that she has. Mm -hmm. so she's asking if anyone actually wants to come with her, or something like that. She uh, thinks less uh, people will be useful. Um, I don't mind coming with you. I mean, we're just kind of waiting for the funeral, so we don't really have anything to do. Alright then, I guess we can go ahead and head in. I just wonder if they'll appreciate having two foxes with us. <laughs> it's okay, we'll... <laughs> they're, they're service animals, yeah. That's it. Are they servicing us, or are we servicing them? That's the question I have. They don't need to ask. They might as well. All right then. Well, let's just go ahead together then. Okay. <laughs> so the uh, group of you go in and um, are received by the um, you know it by the voice that responded on the intercom. It belongs to this elderly drow male who has a smart suit on, white gloves, and it seems like a little, um, deja vu because he reminds you of the Rowan Wood Butler a lot. Nice. No, oh, by the way, um, it looks like that, uh, Nicole says she has to head out. Okay. Thank you. Alright, we will hear from you again later, Nicole. Trina is on autopilot. She is on standby. Yes. Bye. There she goes. Alright, very good. So we have our we have another butler with a very long mustache, I can assume. Um, Drow uh, yeah, we'll say we can say he's like half drow and has um you know, you can describe him. Do you want to describe him? Mmm, yeah. Okay, so he's drow, you said? Yeah, he, if, if you want him to have a mustache, he has to be half drow. 
Because elves uh, don't grow beards. Who's fond of the other I imagine the other guy was really... Uh, we don't need to describe him very much, we just continue on. Oh, that's part of the fun. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's a distraction. Okay, so, um, he has no face, and you walk by him. Then, um, <clears throat> after a moment of waiting in the parlor room, you come, you wait a couple of minutes, time ticks by, and you hear footsteps on the other side of the door, and it open, and it walks in column. Yeah. <laughs> the same guy that was at Mara's shop earlier, and he says, didn't expect to see this group so soon. Oh. We oh, I remember you. We yes. Didn't expect to see you again. Yes. Master yes. Colum. Yes. Mr. I, I cross my arms. We didn't expect to see you so soon. <laughs> he he kind of like look. He like smiles like a little nervously at you because he's not sure how to interpret that. And he's like, well, um. So what can I help you with? You wanted to speak to an Ahokan. You have one. Well, it's very nice to meet you. Can't be kind of steps in front and kind of blocking Ellie because Ellie yep. seems to be more of a cause of suspicion than anything. I'm and intimidating. So she's, well, she's something, that's for sure. Um, and so... Kianthi, she steps forward and she has the bundle on her arm and so she goes ahead and does her very monk-like bow. I don't believe we introduced our, I, I just introduced myself earlier. My name is Kampi Nenmeyer. Um, I stumbled upon something that belongs to your family, and I understand perhaps it's something that should stay with you rather than stay with me, of course. Oh. That's generous. What is this item? And so Kampi goes ahead and she, she just... Well, she doesn't, like, bow or anything. I don't know what else she would do. But she just stands and goes and, like, gently removes the wrapping around the sword that she has and goes and, and displays it to him. I found this. I found this in a cave on my way in tutorial for some business with Mara. And I found it and sensed its great power, but I'm, I don't believe it's something I can use. I understand it was forged for your family. There's this, um... Almost like a reverence when he, he takes the, the sword hilt from you and then, like, gently turns it in his hands and looks at the, um, the hilt. His, he, he reads it and says, Wow. This was made by my great-great-grandfather. This is, a, indeed, a, something we'd like to have back. <clears throat> I don't expect you would want to hand this back for free, so. But would you ask, Kavanaugh? Well, I don't believe I should ask for much. I am only here just to go ahead and fulfill a good deed. Uh, at my monastery, up toward the north. I believe it's in the north, I kind of forget where anything is anymore. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's in the north, we say. Anyway, uh, at my monastery, I believe it's it's important to go ahead and bring things back to where they belong, so that way people can move forward and instead of feeling lost. Well, that is a good way to look at things. We appreciate it. it won't be forgotten. 
This yes, of course. You have. I wouldn't ask for anything then. But that this stays in its a good home, so it would be safe from the outside. He he does a little bow and says, "Thank you." We uh. Yeah. Keontae goes and bows back. Is there anything else you would ask of us? Mm, okay. Subtly looking back at her traveling companions to see if there's anything they might need. I'm not sure what else to say about others. Keontae just kind of like is ready to. Uh, she doesn't want to say anything outright because she's just trying to get a feel for the AHA family to see if maybe even Colin would be someone that she might quote-unquote recruit. So she's probably going to wait till after the funeral to actually make any decisions. So I don't think there's anything Kathy really wants. Okay. Right okay. So uh, just tell her, say, uh, nope, we're good. <laughs> Basically, yes. Well, appreciate this. <clears throat> and I hope your stay in Toril is pleasant. Thank you. You're too kind, Callum. Perhaps I will see you again by Mara's shop. Oh, well, I hope I'll be around there. Can't be bows back. Okay. All right. So you guys are escorted away, and uh, Colum um, gives you a very friendly wave, and you guys are now back outside of the estate. Yeah, the Excel exhales deeply. Like oh, that one, much better than I expected. I'm glad that we ran into someone we recognized earlier, else I would have been way too nervous to retreat to return it. You did good, Kiathi. That was that was very nice of you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have no use for this the sword after all. It seemed those. Well, it seemed like you'd be playing with fire, even though it's a sword made of ice. Well, it was good to return something that didn't belong to you. Well, if they remember my name, perhaps it's something that they can return the favor to us one day. But let's save that for another time. I believe we still have um, plenty of time before we must go over to the funeral. Yeah, let's sign up either Farius or Adlana for the tournament. Either we disguise Farius or we disguise Adlana. What do you guys think? Hmm. Okay, out of character, I think it depends if we're able to have Jackie for next time so she can actually do some of the fun things in store for her. Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. look for somewhere to buy a rainbow shell? Well, I guess we could do that too. I think we should still do the tournament just because it's fun. You know. It's it's like, we're gonna do the fighting. That's true. But depending if Adlana would be here or not, then she'd be the one. If, if not, we can do it as like a the fox as a backup plan if Jack is not able to come with us next time. Yeah, but we need to sign someone up. Yeah, um That's the thing, so I don't know if I I don't think Adlana would sign up. I think she'd rather have Canaris do it because she's a, a protector. She wouldn't want to leave. She wouldn't want to leave her group. Um, and if someone else is, and then um, she also has um, the offer that uh, yeah. the devil offered her. Yeah. A card. A card. Uh, a card. 
Carthage. 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 Alright, we can sign up for the fox then, I suppose. Okay. So... Well, first we gotta find, like, a nice little corner where nobody... Well, we can... Okay, we go back to Mara's closet. We disguise... Disguise Farius. And then, when you guys are gonna leave for your funeral, we're gonna sign him up. What do you, what do you think about that, Farius? As I scooch his little ears... Like as I'm talking to him in Fox, <laughs> he looks like so mad at you. But then there's something happening. Oh, it's out. So he looks so upset at you. But as you scooch him, he like reluctantly like leans into the scooches. Who likes fighting people? You like fighting people. Yes, you do. I remember seeing you on the sub killing fish people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll just say that you guys go back to Mara's shop and you're back upstairs in the parlor room. And uh, Adlana excitedly takes out her disguise kit and she's like, yeah, I love it when I get to use this. And um, so We will have... Her, I mean, I guess I can roll for her, but does anyone want to do something to try to add to um, her ability check or skill I check? Can okay. roll for her. Okay, okay. Guidance. You do good. I don't know if... I don't think Ellie would be able to help with that. I don't think she would... She doesn't know anything about makeup. Oh, cool. Okay, any makeup she would try to apply would turn green, right? Alright, so she yeah. got probably like, I mean, I'm guessing Adlana has a lot of skills. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's gonna be like around 18 or 20. So I'd say that's pretty good. She like, um, it takes the better half of an hour, but Canaris puts on most of, um, he puts his, most of his armor back on, and then, um, he takes, he borrows some of Narte's stuff to, like, cover his skin up more. And then, um, Adlana takes this, um, like, sort of grease-based paint, so it's, like, face paint, and then starts to, like, apply it on him, and so he has this nice, like, drow, dark, uh, not, uh, light gray, uh, skin, and, uh, she goes, like, pretty far down into the, like, past the clavicle, so that, um, in, in case any, like, clothing shifts, she, it, he'd be covered, and then she, like, even goes and, like, puts some, like, on, like, his arms in case when, you know, in case something else shifts around, and, uh, then, like, you even take, um, you know, you even put a, he even put a little hat on him, and so he looks pretty convincing, like, he's the right size and shape. So do we have him looking like a like a drow? Yeah, it looks like pretty much like a drow right now, um, and um, he he like uh, as Adlana is putting basic, uh, the finishing powder on him so that the it sets the makeup. He kind of like taps his his fangs and is like, I guess I'll just keep my mouth shut. Yeah. So just keep my mouth shut. And uh, 
So I need a name that's not mine. Um, a fake name. Let's see, I'll give you guys some options. How, how about Bill? Bill, that's not very... Briarik's like, that's not very drow. Um, how about, uh, there's Emmett. Dark, Dark Bill. There's Emmett, or, um, uh, uh let's see, uh, Fayon, or Flan, uh. I like Flan. You can borrow my boyfriend's name. He has a, a drow sounding name. Oh. Glock? Well, that could definitely work. I mean, the base off of your Glock. life versus us trying to do our best. Glock. Okay, Glock. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty drow sounding. Um, uh, <clears throat> I think that'll work. And, uh, let's see. He kind of writes it out in, um... He writes it out in, uh, Undercommon for you guys. And then he's like, ooh, I know. How about we do a test run? We'll have, I'll go with you guys, and we'll see how well my disguise holds up and how well his disguise holds up. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. I mean, we probably shouldn't push it, you know? Because, like, the more you expose yourself, the more people, like, might notice you. Well, I suppose that's true. Yeah, but Riorg needs practice if he's going to be going to a funeral. Otherwise, you'd just be exposed right there at the funeral. You'd rather it be a time where you can handle the consequences a little better. Can we, though? I mean, either way, we'll find out, but let's go ahead and pace ourselves. Okay. Okay, okay. Yes, sir. Alright, so you guys, <clears throat> walk. Let's see, I'll roll. Here we go. Um, alright. So you guys walk out and, um, all seems to be going well, uh, nothing too crazy, um, people just see can I make a perception check? Does it uh -huh. see anybody's eye in us? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Nope. I rolled an eight. Yeah, you're like, you're trying to pay attention, but you're a little preoccupied with rear stress and because it's just, it's very elaborate and it's this very gorgeous eye-catching dress, not in like, not in like an ostentatious way, but like it's it's more like the more you look at it, the more you realize how much detail and subtle beauty there is to it. So you're kind of enamored by just looking at like the back of it. Man, I wish I could wear purple. Can uh, I go ahead and roll for perception then? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You can look around. And, okay, uh, your guidance. Uh, I thank you for guidance. I still don't have dice. Does um. Does Tiffany want to roll from here, or should I test the bot that we have in the other channel? Use the... the bot? Use the bot! Use it! I will use the force! I'm trying to remember how to use the force now. Uh, let's see. Roll 1d10, right? 1d10. You roll 20 for perception. Okay, I got a 13, and then my perception is 4, so that's 17. And then this would be plus 1d4. 
1d4, okay. Okay, so that was a 4 on the d4. Okay. Wow, that's pretty high. Yeah. I was very perceptive today. So, you're, you're walking, you're noticing that people are looking at you guys kind of peculiarly because you're a strange group. And um, then you notice that people are kind of like giving, they are giving Eric kind of this weird look. Like, I don't know, like what's, something's not quite right here, but um, they're not approaching you. Um, so you get the sense that, you know, they, they can, they sense that something's not quite right, but you're not, you're not quite sure if it's him or if it's your really brightly colored, your, your very out of the ordinary group. Maybe I should have dressed her at the funeral before time. Hmm. So it's hard to know whether to help me interested in. She's ugly doesn't mean you can spare. <laughs> yeah, be polite. <laughs> okay, do you guys, I guess you guys will continue. Yep. And, um, <clears throat> go up to the, uh, <clears throat> sign up. There we go. Go up to the sign up. And wait in line, and then um, he, you're about to go, it's about his turn, he says, okay, wish me luck. Uh, Luna, can you, can you do that uh, magic thing that you do that helps people out with stuff? I give him a little pat on the shoulder, sure. Right. Good. Okay, so he uh, explains that, he's like, I would like to sign up my companion for, um, uh, the tournament, yes, this is Gawak. And the person behind the counter looks extremely bored. Let's see. Uh, he looks at Ryark, eyes him, and he's like, right, alright, okay. Um, just sign here. Sign there. Gonna, like, Looking at him suspiciously. Uh, we'll see. Uh, DM. Yes. So just, just to clarify, so he has to sign up, but he has to have, have a female companion with him. And yeah. then is the female companion going with him toward in the tournament? No, she's just a co-signer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gosh, I don't like that. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you're. Uh, so the person behind the counter says, <clears throat> pulls the paperback. You know, you're awful uh, stocky for a lady. Oh, uh, well, um, you know, I, I just wasn't born beautiful and. Uh, I, I walk up. How dare you! That's rude! <laughs> <laughs> you just called my friend fat! I cross my arms, and I narrow my eyes. Make an intimidation check. Oh no. I'm so intimidating. If only I had my pipe. Oh, if only. Oh my gosh, I didn't roll too hot. Yeah, that is a, a that's a nine. Nine? Okay, um, I'll do a contested one for him. 
Okay. He, you actually tend to me. <laughs> he like kind of recoils back from this tiny green lady. He's <clears throat> well, uh, you know, I don't mean to be insensitive. Just sign the papers. <laughs> Thank you. I will. And Mary kind of like sassily like signs the papers and then writes down Kinars's fake Glock name. <laughs> yeah, I continue to narrow my eyes and. Tilt my head back. And then, um, who's, uh, there is a fee. It's, uh, basically like a five gold fee. I got it. You slap the money down. Thank you, my friend. Will this spin for you? And he, like, <laughs> he, like, throws the coins at this guy's face. Counts them. Yeah, just... Yeah, okay, sign-ups, tournament starts, starts a couple hours, be here on time, next! Okay, so you successfully signed up Farius, and um, <clears throat> it's uh, almost time for the funeral. So when does the tournament take place? Uh, the tournament takes place about an hour into the funeral. I see. Okay, so we'll have to split up then, huh? Yeah. All right. So then it was a. Uh, so Tarina was Tarina actually going to go to the funeral, or is it just Luna? It's Luna. Luna and you. And you. Yeah. Okay, me and Luna. Okay, got it. And we are. We we probably should go get uh, dressed and get ready to go to the funeral. Yeah. Now that we've tested out. Um, our good friend here to see if she's ready to attend her first public event. Yeah, I kind of brushed some of the fox fur off myself, like... <laughs> yeah, I this, like, plume of just fuzz comes off. Why don't we go ahead and... Do you think we have time to head back to Mara's for... Because I don't exactly have a uniform, I remember. Yeah, you can get back there in time. Or right, the, we'll the funeral. Yeah, and we need to do something about Riorik. I didn't like how... He was... I don't like how that guy was eyeing you. Maybe he was... Maybe he was wary. I jealous. don't know. Or he could be jealous. Yeah, I think maybe maybe we could do something like a wig or maybe adjust the makeup a little bit. I agree. I was a bit nervous there. <clears throat> okay, so you guys go back to uh, Mara's closet. And uh, she's busily... Um, she just, you know, she had just had, a, she's just sending out a customer, welcomes you back, you guys go back upstairs, um, Norte is just bored out of his mind upstairs, and is, I don't know, he's probably making like a book tower or something, and he's like, you're back! I'm so bored up here. How goes it? I was just like, oh, Riara, your makeup looks... Terrible! You oh, you sweated it all off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm very nervous. And yeah, I just all right. Alvana, you and I. Can we got use the setting powder. Come on. Yeah. yeah come on. Just sweating it all off. All right. Let's get you over here, Alvana. Can you help me out? Of course. And so we'll have um, Alvana redo his makeup. Okay. Good. With advantage from Narte, and she got. Um, yeah, now his DC is a lot higher. Comes out, he has, uh, like, this 
um, wig on. It's a black wig with um, long straight hair that's pulled back. There's a veil over him, and it um, it's set in a way where it like hides his jawline a little bit better. And then like um, they put Bad a door. yeah, they put like a shawl on him, so he looks a little more diminutive. And like it actually helped a lot. And um, <clears throat> Adlana goes and like gives him a little bit of a walking lesson. Meanwhile, you guys um, get dressed for the funeral and sort of adjust, you know, clean up and adjust your uh, garments and whatever you need to do. And, um, yeah, okay, so we'll say you guys, let's see, who is it again? Tarina and Kayanthi? No. Nope. I think it was Luna and Luna. Luna. Luna and Kayanthi. You're right, okay. Kayanthi, are you, do you do anything in particular? Or Luna, do you do anything in particular? I don't think so, but I pick a a black dress that's not too alarming there. Maybe, um, I don't know, do something more modest with my hair. My hair's usually up anyway, so I guess it just tucks it all into a low bun versus a high one. Uh-huh. Maybe some, some strands to frame my face so I look presentable. I don't know. Okay, so yeah, you, um... Are you purchasing a dress, or are you attempting to borrow the dress, or do you have a, a dress? Hmm, I don't have a dress. So, I suppose... Yeah, just buy a dress. I'd ask to borrow it, or she would prefer it, I would buy it, but it depends. I don't really have a need for a dress, otherwise I don't think... I don't know, maybe. Make Just make a decision. Gotta... I talk tomorrow and ask her if I could borrow the dress. Okay. Um, make a persuasion check. Persuasion check. Okay, let's see. Where's that dice thing again? Okay, that was a nat one, so I think I have to buy the dress. Yeah, she's just kind of like, yeah, sorry, I don't know. Money's actually pretty tight. I can't really let any of my stock go, but I can show you something that's more of a you know, um, a modest dress that is a, you know, a mite less expensive. So, um, let's see, uh, you can buy, like, a, um, it's, it's all silk, but we'll say that you can buy, like, a five gold dress instead of a I fifth. can buy what? Uh, uh, five gold. Sure thing. How much would it be, though? I have, I have some money. It's five gold. Oh, you said five gold. Okay, yeah, I can do five gold. Okay. So you purchase a modest five gold dress. Um, nothing really elaborate. It just sits on you and um, is short-sleeved and goes to the knee. It's well-fitted. Um, but apart from that, it's not too special. Very good. It's appropriate for a funeral. Good. I'm hoping to be appropriate. Okay. And then you, uh, let's say, uh, Luna, unless you want to do any preparations, we'll say that you guys depart from the team. What's what? Um, okay, so you guys leave? You cut out. Oh, sorry. Luna, is there anything you want to do, or are you prepared to leave? 
Um, I guess I should just put on, I guess, the black dress that I got and make, like, I'm always wearing my family sigil ring, but I'll just make sure that I'm wearing that. Uh-huh. Because that'll just look better to have the nobility part visible. Yeah. All right, all right. So you guys get dressed, and you head out the door. Uh, <clears throat> leads the way, and you guys go to essentially the center of, um, t- you actually, he leads you actually to, uh, the southern part of town, and says that this is the shrine for Briotriact. All processions start here. Okay, you guys be safe. Do they depart? Well. Best of luck in the tournament. Thanks. <laughs> All right, and uh, I think that's a pretty good place to stop because, especially since we have like a couple of our players missing, so we'll end there. Okay. And uh, we'll say that uh, the you know we got funeral team and we got Aaron's tournament team. team. Got oh, two gosh, different things going it? on. I love it. Is is one of us going to be playing as Farius? Ooh. There's a thought. Yeah, we can, um... Unless you just want to just fight with yourself. I was just going to write, like, a... An elaborate, like, narrative. Oh, you can do that, too. Yeah, like, roll, I was going to, like, roll for it ahead of time and write an elaborate narrative. By the way, I had a thought. Did we ever find, like, a nickname or a pseudonym we can use for Reorik? Um, you can call him Ryu, but no one's really discussed that. Would that be, like, feminine enough for his disguise? I mean... Oh, you want guys to want to discuss this? You haven't given him a backstory. You put him in a dress and moth down his shirt and hope for the best. Oh, okay. I mean, we can discuss that <laughs> now. So, you know, you're at the shrine and he's like, wait a minute, I don't have a backstory. I can't do this. <laughs> I, I come up, I, I approach him with, like, four D6s and I'm like, all right, first you roll your stats and then you can... <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Uh, uh, oh, criminal background, that sounds very. <laughs> Is there a name you think that would fit you well? You uh, have perhaps your mother's name or a beloved aunt, a distant cousin, name like that? Um. Well, the Braden clan has um, a lot of. I have a friend named Estrella. Estrella. You need that name. That is very nice. Um, I'm would that be easy for you to remember if someone were you to, you know, address you with it? Um, well, I had a, um, like, there was a cousin named Fiona that I liked. Okay. Yeah, that's a right. I believe that's name. a good name. So we can... And then, and you are here at the funeral, of course, to pay respects, but where are you paying respects from? Uh... Oh, I mean, I can say I'm from Marinell. That's the next okay. city, city over. Okay, then. Where, what do you do in Marinell? Um, well, I can just say I'm, um, he, he like, fiddles with his dress. Uh, well, I'm... Go ahead and put your chin up more if you're going to be, if you're going to be certain about your story when we practice confidence. Right, 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 confidence. Yes. My name is Fiona. I'm from Marinelle, and I am a magical engineer. Okay. Uh, is there a work for engineers over there in that city? 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of engineering that needs to be done in all this, the, the drow cities, a lot of them. <laughs> well, wonderful, then. I think that story works a little bit better. And yeah. how, how did we hear about the funeral? Uh, why are we attending? I, are we, I, I guess, I suppose we'll say we're definitely friends of yours. We're the ones helping you, bringing you in. Perhaps you don't do well in crowds, so you wouldn't be good to talk to. Um, well, it's not too uncommon to hire guards in between cities because we have a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know underground. That sounds that sounds good, but even then, it, it gives you a chance to not have to speak so much. Perhaps that would help you stay at the party longer or the funeral longer. Uh, so you're saying we should just be friends? Well, we we can be your guard, but even then, there's a like, perhaps. We could say that you don't do well in the crowds there. You're just doing there to fulfill your obligation to the deceased. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. So that way, in case someone addresses you, you can, you know, act appropriately um, nervous around them. And then we'll, we can go ahead and maybe explain if we happen to need to. Okay. Yeah. This this sound is pretty good. All right. All right. So Fiona from Marinelle, magic engineer. Uh, I work in... Um, <clears throat> He like things for oh I you know we they probably have some sort of circuitry for them um, their water piping systems that's always really tricky and he like goes on a long winded like rambling about <laughs> see you already know your lines perfect perfect we believe we can survive off of this story right right um how do I know her yes good question how how would you know her uh. Would you have worked for her? Uh, maybe, um, oh, okay, maybe, um, maybe my, maybe my grandma was friends with her a long time ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I came to, res- to to um represent the family, yeah, mm-hmm, that sounds pretty good. I think that's a great story. Okay, yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah, see, you just have to... Know what you're doing, know what you're planning, and move forward with it, I suppose. Right, right. Yes, I'm Fiona, magic engineer. Right, I think I think we can do this. Okay. There we go, that's good. No, that was a great start. And then, um... There we go. So, Kayanthi just trained her first spy, I suppose, or... Yeah, there you go. There, that, was, that was practice for something. Cool. Great friend. Excellent. Let me write that down. Alright, is there anything else you guys want to do? I think that covers everything for me. Or else we will call that the end. Yeah. Yay! Woo! Hey! Thank you for listening to Dungeon Damsels, the Sorority of Madness. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you're interested in supporting us more, please check out our Facebook and our Patreon page.